Hello and welcome to the latest edition of How Might We. This week, uh, my guest is Kate Udalova, and she wants to talk about how might we leverage micro learning for better results. So welcome, Kate. Would you like to introduce yourself, please? Yeah, sure. First of all, thanks for having me. I'm a first-time founder of an edtech startup uh, that's called Seven Temps. And previously, I spent six years in B2B training and consulting company where I dealed with some marketing stuff, L&D product development, and uh, also I work closely with clients as a consultant. So I had a pretty wide range of responsibilities. Okay, sounds like an interesting job, that one for the six years. And then you left and created your own company called Seven Taps. So talk a little bit about micro learning and why do you think it is so powerful? I think I should start with the definition. In its simplest form, microlearning refers to learning experiences that happen in tiny bursts and short times. And if I were to define the main features, okay, it's a short, self-sufficient piece of information with some practical, and it's no wonder that microlearning has always been quite popular. You know, I even would have the courage to say that these days microlearning is almost everywhere. And I mean, literally everywhere. For example, you buy some stuff for your home, I don't know, a, a vacuum cleaner or something like that. You read instructions and it's micro learning or you watch a video on YouTube, say on how to cook soup or <laughs> anything like that. And it's micro learning again. So now it's literally everywhere. And in fact, Microlearning is as old as the hills. You know, it's not a new thing because actually microlearning reflects all mental processes that we experience, that we have while learning. And it's about the way our attention works, how our neurons function. I recently um, stumbled upon a research with a quote that the methods of microlearning are in line with the way we naturally take in information so that the body does not get stressed out. And I think this is just the greatest explanation why microlearning is an optic nowadays and why it, it's really important and it's crucial to the learning process. Okay. So just going back, so microlearning, you've got a specific definition for it and the sort of attributes that it has to have for you to uh, qualify as micro. So it's got to be short, self-determined, and there's got to be some practical application of whatever it is we're doing. And I quite like the fact that you said it's around us all the time, because the amount of times I just say, oh, hang on, I need to find it out. And we just Google something because we need that information there and then about making soup, as you say, or how do I cut? The first time I did yeah. fennel, I said, how do I cut a fennel? I never knew. So I had to go and I just watched a quick YouTube video on how do I cut a fennel for my whatever else I was I was cooking. So we do, and I think also the, the, the use of Google and the use of the internet has allowed us access to this type of learning much easier than previously. Yeah. And, you know, there are lots of debates on whether technology really changed the way we learn and whether technology is somehow connected to microlearning appearance. 
And I believe that technology didn't change the way we learn. All that Google stuff and our YouTube self-learning actually is something something not related to that process that we learn. What has really changed is the learning habits. And it's because of technology, because of the information overload we live within right now. And due to the technology, due to the different resources where we can find answers to our questions, the learning process becomes more effective, more engaging, and overall leads to better outcomes. It's easier for us to find the necessary information because it's always something, something there in our laptop, via internet, and so on. And uh, technology can facilitate micro-learning and uh, e-learning just generally. But micro-learning is not mostly about technology. You know, when it comes to micro-learning, we can just use, if it's about the corporate environment, we can use job aids, we can use some printed material, some pictures, some instructions, or if it's about your private life, you can also some, I don't know, guidelines, how to use any domestic stuff and so on. And it's all about microlearning too. So technology is a great thing, but actually it's just enhance digital habits and enhance the way we learn. Yep. I mean, I totally agree with that because ever since I've been working, there's always people have done these like quick sheets on how to do something that's for to help people in jobs. And that's a way of just giving people the information they need at that point. And I I agree that I think technology just enables us to access stuff quicker than we used to be able to do it. Yeah. Yeah. So as, as you say, it's just the accessing. So before, if I wanted to how to do my phone, I might have to make a few phone calls or ask somebody because I just wanted that bit. But now I can just go on Google and find it, but it doesn't change the fact that I needed a little bit of information at that point to be able to do a task. It was just harder to get hold of years ago than it is yeah. now. So what I we've talked about, yeah. what we've talked about is how micro learning can better results. I just want to pick up on something you said that micro learning is aligned to how we actually learn as, as human beings, that it's micro learning is supports our learning process and how, as you say, the research you found. Do you want to expand on that a little bit more? Actually, I think it relates to the some science behind microlearning. You know, what we do have is working memory capacity. And if we receive too much information, we can get easily cognitively overloaded. And there is the Miller's law that states that our working memory is limited to seven plus or minus two unique concepts. And in other words, we can only process or actively think about just between five and nine unique concepts at once. And I would, again, just have some courage to say that nowadays microlearning is almost everywhere. And, you know, most of the learning in some way is microlearning because we just cannot process too much information. We need to chunk it maybe with our, our own capabilities. If we, for example, were provided with longer form training. So we chunk it ourselves 
and we, you know, put the chunks in our deeper structure of knowledge in order to, to, to build some kind of a map deep inside our brains to link all the material, to link them to our, I don't know, previous experience. And that's how we really consume that knowledge. This kind of a building knowledge structure in our head allows us, I mean, all that connections, all the inside links, you understand what I'm talking about here? Mm-hmm. So we just have to link everything to everything. Some theoretical knowledge to practical experience with some stories, with some heroes and so on. And that's how we put that knowledge into our longer term memory. And that allows us in future to transfer that knowledge. I mean, to apply learned skills in real life use. And even while microlearning is not a silver bullet for all the learning, and we just cannot learn some complex skills while receiving small learning nuggets, but every learning can be enhanced with microlearning. And uh, it's because any skill development requires reinforcement, requires practice, requires those interconnections in your head and that's how micro learning helps you to build all that in your head and not to get stressed out okay so it's like as you say the map of how everything interconnects and this bit of information goes with this bit of skill that goes here and then it gets into our uh, long-term memory which means we can bring it up a lot easier in the future and utilize it. it doesn't get lost so it's like a more effective filing system if you will so we can put, I think there was a quote from someone. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think there's a yeah. quote from somewhere. And, and you know, there is also the forgetting curve. And after just an hour, everyone forgets nearly about 60% of delivered information. That's why we, we have, uh, I mean, in L&D industry, we have to think about knowledge retention and about knowledge boosting, if I can say so. And that's here... That's where microlearning really does wonders because using a space learning model with microlearning, we can increase the uptake of knowledge. So just a quick question. So you, you think it's um, <laughs> really applicable in what we would, in the sort of learning that we do and sort of programs that we run. So where would you see the application of microlearning to be really powerful in helping one of the biggest challenges we have in L&D which is how they actually get what we're asking people to do in the classroom and apply it as knowledge skills and behaviors in the workplace uh-huh. it's a great question actually you know first of all I'd like to say that micro learning is a great thing when applied reasonably and even being a founder of a tool that allows you to create micro learning content I won't claim that microlearning is a one-size-fits-all solution. And it, it, it cannot be applied to any organizational need. Actually, according to some research and according to our experience with 7Taps, there are four main scenarios that allows you to, to use microlearning and to benefit from it. 
The first one is pre-work, when you prepare your learners for longer form training. The second one is when you use microlearning after that long-term training in a form of boost training. Also, you can use microlearning as performance support. I mean, just supporting people right on the job with some quick prompts. And also you can use microlearning as a standalone tool when you have to train frontline stuff with some basic do's, don'ts, how-tos, things that they can consume and transfer very quickly. But, you know, I'd like everyone who thinks about using microlearning to start with defining is microlearning the ideal solution to that case? And I'd suggest asking yourself about what is the desired business outcome you want to receive and what is the nature of the problem? Because just using microlearning because it's popular, it's trendy and learners love it, I don't think it's uh, it's a good idea. And, uh, you know, just... <laughs> any piece of learning content that is just five minutes long or, but not useful to your learners is a waste of five minutes. And it's better not to start with scenarios where you can use microlearning. It's better to start with understanding who is your audience and what do you want them to achieve what's the result of the training. And uh, then you'll see um, how microlearning can enhance your existing e-learning ecosystem. Okay, so it's not a case of microlearning is, as you say, it's not the solution. What it can be, it can definitely support other forms of learning as well, as well as be standalone, depending on what you're trying to do with people. But it's understanding that learner journey that you want them to go through and the outcomes you're looking yeah. for. Yeah. And making sure that yeah, you, sure. you can... And you know, good learning is always a blend of learning experiences. Which is... Um, I, I'm sorry, I, I didn't... Uh, no, that's fine. There was, I think there's a bit of a lag on the line at the moment. Yeah, I was talking to uh, a guy, Mark Williams, on th end of last week, and we were talking about the learner journey and understanding it and how how we can enhance like the main event, if you want, for the better word, like if you're going to be in a classroom with somebody for one day, two days, three days, whatever it is, how that can be enhanced by doing stuff pre and post the event to think about the whole journey. And I like your concept of the booster. So just doing stuff with people in the workplace after what you've done, just to boost and reinforce and that continued reinforcement. And then that what you want them to do then becomes habitual after all the, the boosters. Yeah. So for you that you're looking at micro learning is obviously you've got seven taps, which is a platform and you said it's not the solution to everything, but it can be used within the four areas you've talked about. So pre-work, post-work, supporting on the job training, which I think is a really powerful way of using micro learning and standalone stuff. If you want people to be able to apply what you're asking them to do pretty much there and then. So the application of it is good, but I really like the, the sort of, Think about on the job training because I think one of the biggest challenges we have in organizations now is 
how do we get training to the people at the time of need? And uh, to react to that challenge, mm -hmm. at seven taps, we removed all the barriers to learning. For learners, seven taps provides the smoothest experience ever because we have no passwords, no downloads, no sign-ins for them. And courses are mobile first, but anyway, they can be accessed from any device. So they just can click on a link and dive into the course in a second. And uh, I know from my experience that when you have to train, say, thousand delivery drivers, up to 10% of them may fail to download the mobile app. And just imagine that you are in a situation when nearly 100 employees have no idea how to communicate with the customer, uh, have no idea about some compliance stuff. So that's why we removed all the barriers to learning and we decided that that's why these two might be really useful and really helpful when you have to solve some business task and you always have the answer right in your pocket. Mm -hmm. So it's about having that, again, parts of conversations I've had quite regularly now, and I think for people within L&D, it's becoming more applicable for us is to understand the customer experience and the customer journey. So we look at the learner, which is that, yeah. like that phrase anyway, and like participants better because they are they are taking part in what we're doing. We look at that journey and say, as you say, what's what's the potential friction? How can we make that journey for them as smooth as possible? And it goes back to what I think you said about cognitive load as well. The easier we can make it, the less memory or thought processes people are having to do or use about how do I get this app to work? How do I download it? What do I do here? And then that's less time or effort they can spend on the actual bit that you want to, which is the learning itself. Yeah, and uh, as for seven tabs, we also followed the digital habits of modern learner learners with that stories visual approach. Stories is a media format that's simply one overall social platforms because they are super easy to consume, they're engaging. And, uh, you know, for learners, it's just the familiar user experience. Even you even if you even if you don't have an instagram account uh, and you uh, have never uh, seen stories they're so user friendly they're so intuitive so that you dive into the process of learning without even understanding that you are learning right now you just consume information as you're accustomed to and you're in the flow it's a great thing about seven tabs. You know, I got lots of feedback from the learners that they were so engaged and they didn't get that awkward feeling when they just sign into the LMS system and anticipate some long boring content and they must prepare themselves for e-learning process somehow. You know that very special feeling when you understand that now you'll have to spend, uh, say, 30 minutes on video, on uh, some test or any kind of assessment. And uh, okay, you understand that it's a must, but you don't feel 
very comfortable with that. And with seven taps, we actually reduce that feeling because it's just the way you deal with any other media, with your, I don't know, social media, when, with your news feed and so on. So this is how micro learning can be naturally integrated in your custom, in your just favorite digital routine. Okay. And that's so, I mean, stories are even, they're even on LinkedIn now. So the, they've got them on Facebook, they've got them on LinkedIn, they've got them on Instagram. And I've never been on Instagram, but I do do Facebook and LinkedIn. I've never done a story yet because I don't think I've ever got anything to say that's worthwhile for people to listen to. So I just do posts instead. But I understand where you're coming <laughs> from about a high level story because it's, it's been well known in learning that stories are an extraordinary powerful way. And it's how we've learned for millennia. We learn through stories. Um, is how we started. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I, yeah, I'm a great fan of stories and storytelling and story design. And, you know, when you can, even if you have to tell your learners something really difficult, cumbersome, and maybe not easy to consume, while introducing a hero that is quite familiar to your learners with problems also familiar to them and they accompany that hero in his journey it really does wonders while digesting the new information so yeah storytelling is just a great thing and in seven tabs you also can uh, use that learning approach of course it takes more time to create such stories but it really was. Yeah. yeah, I think it's becoming more apparent now because I was, again, another, I was talking to uh, Mo Ash and he was talking about the, the power of storytelling and building that into like uh, gamification and learning and encouraging people to learn through that. And I'm a great fan of micro learning, but I think it's important what you said at the beginning is understand what micro learning is. Don't just make what you're doing short and call it micro learning. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, I don't remember if I mentioned previously, just any piece of learning content that is just five minutes long, but not useful, not engaging, and uh, doesn't correlate with your business outcome is just a waste of five minutes. Mm -hmm. So be very careful about creating it and calling it micro learning. And in terms of gamification, it's my favorite topic, <laughs> you know, for me, it's about all keeping simple and easy to navigate using every different interactive clicky feature available does not engage me and nor does adding some gimmicks or games just for the heck of it. So just create a story, create a character that the learner can invest in and Use that narrative to teach what you want your audience to learn. That's all. And I think that's the, the beauty of that is just keep it simple. And I think, again, it's the sort of the yeah. theme to come through a lot of our conversations is have a real clear outcome in mind. What do I want this personal people? What do, what do I want them to be able to do, think or act differently as a result of this? And then how can I build that into that journey that they're going to go on? 
whatever it may be in that blended approach because it isn't it isn't one size fits all and i think it's interesting it's well interesting to say about the micro learning because i think l and d of we're a nightmare for fads something becomes a fad and everyone jumps on this bandwagon and says, look, I do accelerated learning. I do micro learning. I do this, I do that. And they don't, they just, I remember I was on a program once as a student and I said, right, you've only got, you've got 20 minutes to do this really be quick. Cause this is accelerated learning. I said, no, that's accelerated delivery. That's just putting content in a shorter space <laughs> time by going through it quicker. It's not accelerated learning. Accelerated learning is a concept that should be understood before being utilized. So yeah, I think I do think that you, you, when you start at the beginning, you said, right, let's get an idea of what micro learning is. So, and, you, and it's interesting to say, you say the applications are in those four key areas, like pre-work, post-work, even as a standalone or, and supporting people on the job. But then you've talked about some of the nuances of it, of saying, how do people engage in this content as well? Let's think about the journey they have, make it as easy as possible. Let's make it as uh, engaging as we possibly can in that short period of time we have for them. And, I, I do think it's relevant that you're saying that you've got seven tats, which is built around that concept of like stories and Instagram, which everyone is quite familiar or most people are quite familiar with is for me is that if we know how people are generally consuming information voluntarily, like when they want to find something, that's how they go and find it. I think utilizing those, that behavior in our delivery is useful as you say, because I think what you said, it, it takes away some of those barriers it says, this is how I, I like taking information on like this. And this is how I do it normally. So this does not feel like forced learning. Whereas if you go onto an LMS sometimes and you say, click through the slides and answer a quiz, that feels like a task in itself. Yeah. Seven tabs are just transforms e-learning into something people want to use, <laughs> not something they're forced to deal with. It's my philosophy and it's something that I built a product upon. And also being a founder, I also keep in mind the process of content creation because I know from experience how cumbersome and complicated course authoring tools might be and how much time it takes to create an e-learning module. So with seven tabs, we just reduced most the most frequent barrier to uh, micro learning content development, which is limited resources. I mean, time, budget, sometimes skills, or even specialist headcount. And you know, I just while listening uh, to you, I wanted to add that you know before we all came up with micro learning, it wasn't that we all were highly inefficient learners, you know? And now uh, all of a sudden we can learn an hour long training in say 10 minutes. It's not about that. While some folks in L&D industry, mostly, it, mostly they are subject matter experts. They simply believe that all that content they provide you with can be condensed into some micro learning nuggets but actually it doesn't work that way so yeah micro learning is more about chunking but not about uh, condensing content and i think that's a really key differentiator is it's not about putting more into a short like condensing stuff but it's about chunking it down into things that make sense 
in a way than then that can be uh, delivered quickly, but it has application for the people when they're ex consuming it. Yeah, and you know, even despite being heavily popularized, microlearning, I mean, the content, the content creation trends maybe are still immature because I've seen dozens of the so-called microlearning solutions that provide learners with 30 means explainer videos or even some Excel spreadsheet screenshots attached. So I just hope that with tools like seven tabs and some others on the market, people will empower the way they create microlearning and will just think more about that process of chunking information, that process of distilling knowledge to the essence and just providing their learners with great ideas and not thinking about design or even some code or something like that. Maybe it really takes time to think about, about the format you use and you spend less time on, on the content. So with sound tabs, you just can focus on content and on the idea only. And you say seven taps is a tool that can be used as, as, as you've mentioned as well with some others. I'm old school. My Ryko learning still, as I work with people, I still haven't managed to put mine into in, onto any type of platform yet, but I just think it's about the application. So sort of an activity I've got, which is to tell people, just call it the two minute warning. And it's, it takes, is to watch a two minute video. That's all it does, two, three minute video. And then they just go about their day. It doesn't, it doesn't require any extra work for them. And it's basically, as you go about your day to day, every conversation you have, go two minutes without talking about yourself or referencing yourself as you go about your day. So I think the content there, you're guiding somebody's thought for, I don't know, five minutes, because that's all it takes them to watch a video and a little bit of explaining why that's important. And then say, this is what I want you to do. This is why it's important. Off you go. And they spend eight hours with their mind guided towards that yeah. concept. And then they practice all the day and then they reflect at the end of the day, which is another five minutes. So you've just taken a micro, you do the experiential journey and you just put the micro learning mm -hmm. and the micro at the end where they've actually got to really think about what they've done. And that can be delivered over a video. That can be delivered. Yes, just somebody talking to a team. So maybe the whole team can be doing that for one day and you're now having the whole team practicing, listening to other people's conversations and actually listening to what the other person says and asking those types of questions, which develops that sort of skill. So that, I, I love that little activity, that game. It's great. But, <laughs> it sounds great. But it can also go on something like what you've got as well, because that could just be delivered to everybody at the same time and just say, right, everybody do this today across the whole organization. And it, you can just consume that in 10 seconds or, or watch it and then everything else is supported. Yeah. So I think there's an examples of um, what you're trying to achieve. And I do, I, I like what you've done is trying to distill something to the essence. What's the essence of what we're trying to do? So how can we break down what we've got into something that really is important and the essence of it? Is it a behavior we're wanting? Is it a bit of data, a bit of information? What's the essence of what we're trying to give these people to help them get to where we would like them to be? And that, that I think is, that takes yeah, some. You just 
have to keep in mind the questions I mentioned previously. Who is your audience and what do they need to do as a result of training? And if you answered just correctly, honestly, you have a clear path of what you should deliver them. And here starts the process of development content. Okay, so it's starting from the outcome that we're looking for, and then you can break that down, chunk that down into maybe specific skills required, and then each one of those specific skills becomes a micro-learning intervention to help, and then you build those skills up to create that output you're looking for. Yeah, sure. And also, I want to mention that micro-learning, just as macro-learning, also needs to include some elements, learning elements like practice, feedback, reflection. It's not about just delivering content. It's not about just creating something that will engage learners. We, we, need, to, we need to achieve some behavioral change. Mm -hmm. That's why we need to use, to include those elements in order to get the effective and efficient process of learning. So we can't forget that although we're trying to chunk things down in the essence, we've still got to do what we've always done in learning, hopefully, which is give people the opportunity yeah. to have an experience, practice feedback, and then reflect upon that and make their adaptions. And so there's still that action learning cycle still yeah. needs to be gone through, which is cool. So it doesn't, so micro learning doesn't re still requires that process, but it just needs find the essence of what somebody wants you want somebody to do figure out a way of delivering that in a way that's short succinct to what we're trying to achieve but also encourages all those all those activities within people so it has a clear purpose in what we're trying to achieve not just condensing information to a much shorter space of time and then pushing it out to people yeah sure Okay. And I think we've just named lots of advantages of microlearning, but still, I just want to highlight for all for all the listeners that microlearning is not the silver bullet. And sometimes there are not debates; it's just the truth that microlearning skips maybe some um, crucial information, some crucial elements when it comes to complex skill development. But it's because of its nature. Microlearning cannot fit any organizational need, and it cannot be the solution to all workplace learning needs. And that's because nothing is the solution to all workplace learning needs. So learning, sure, has its strengths, but they should be used wisely. It's just my strong opinion, and I share it with all our seven temps clients because I don't want them to be, you know, disappointed in the approach and so on. I think that we should be all well prepared before starting using it in our companies. And I think that goes back to what you said, make sure that what you're trying to deliver is suitable for that delivery methodology or that, that, that way we're going to do it. And I think that should be the same for every learning is what are we trying to achieve at the end of this or even into the organization and what's the best way with the tools we have available to deliver that and i think you said earlier on is really consider a blended approach as well so we don't rely on one methodology to work for us all the time that we can have 
them intertwined with each other and supporting, playing to, playing to their individual strengths to deliver what we want them to deliver. Yeah, wholeheartedly agree, yeah. Yes, unfortunately, yes, we also quite often we, we look for an answer to a problem. We think it's there is a answer, but I, rarely is there an answer. I think there's a combination of things that work together effectively that deliver. Kate, yeah. it's been an absolute pleasure in talking to you. And, uh, oh, <laughs> likewise. And your knowledge of micro learning and sort of the application of it. So just before we finish, you say, because the, the question was, how might we leverage micro learning for a better result? So can you give the, our listeners five tips on how they might leverage micro learning for better results within what they're doing? Sort of by the essence of what we've spoken about over the last. Just to be on a safe side, I think that there is just one and the only tip you should start your micro learning journey. It's about defining is micro learning the ideal solution to your specific need and to dive deeper you should think about the desired business outcome you should think about the nature of the problem you're dealing with you should think about the audience you have and uh, about what does the audience really need to achieve that learning outcome that you have in mind i understand that it might sound quite simple but it's just the baseline you should start from because creating learning content itself is just the second step. You can use sound tips. You can use any other tool. You can just use even, you know, stand up training in short sessions, anything you'd like, but you should start doing it when you understand clearly that it's something that your audience needs and it's something that will really help. That's all. I just don't want to add anything else. No, that's fine. And it's about, as I say, understanding what it is. And we've spoken about what it is and you brought it at the beginning and just making sure that that fits your need. But you've really got to think about the need that we have. And then once you've decided it works, then you start looking at how we're going to deliver this. You say that the choices are endless. They could even just be a tick sheet for somebody or a, for whatever we want them to do or a little going back to show my age now laminated a4 piece of paper next to a computer which tells us how to log on to something and just like easy guides to doing stuff so as you say we are surrounded by this type of learning and it's just using it appropriately yeah exactly all right lovely it was fascinating talking to you and uh, thank you very much and i don't think there's much to say about that anyway thank you very much for your time thanks you too 